Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 634. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, I'm going to give you an update on what's going on with the repo market, part two. I promised you last time that I did a podcast about the repo market and the Federal Reserve and what was happening, that I would give you an update. So I found an update by someone that I follow on Twitter. I really respect him. His name is Sven Henrik of the Northman Trader. And he wrote this article about what is going on with the Fed. Now, realize that this is highly unusual in that the Federal Reserve has been extremely quiet about what it's doing. Normally, when you have an operation that's going on behind the scenes, the Federal Reserve will come out, talk about it on the television, do interviews, be very open and transparent about it. Well, that's not the case with this one. This is a very secretive operation, although they have made some comments about it. They're not doing any interviews. They're not taking any questions. They're simply releasing some statements to let you know a little bit about what's going on, but it's very difficult to find out much information and much detail in this. So when I saw this article by Sven Henrik and I read it and it made sense, I wanted to share it with you today to give some spotlight, some illumination on what is going on with the Fed. He wrote this article for MarketWatch and He calls it, the Federal Reserve is in stealth intervention mode. And the caption is, what the central bank passes off as funding issues could more accurately be described as liquidity injections to keep interest rates low. And the article says, the Federal Reserve has gone into full intervention mode, actually accelerated intervention mode not just a mid-cycle adjustment, as Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said in July, but interventions to the tune of tens of billions of dollars every day. What's the crisis, you ask? After all, we live in an age of trillion-dollar market cap companies and unemployment at 50-year lows. Yet the Fed is acting like the doomsday clock has melted as a result of a nuclear attack. Think I'm in hyperbole mode? Far from it. Unless you think the biggest repurchase or repo efforts ever, surpassing the 2008 financial crisis actions, are hyperbole. And then he gives us a chart where it shows uh, repurchase agreements are spiking off the charts much higher than they were before the financial crisis of 2008 and 2009. And he goes on to say, what indeed is the Fed not telling us? Something's off. See, it all started as a temporary fix in September when suddenly the overnight target rate jumped sky high and the Fed had to intervene to keep the wheels from coming off. Short-term liquidity issues, the Fed said. Those have become rather permanent. Again, he's got another chart here showing 
overnight repurchase agreements. Now remember we talked before about how banks loan money to each other and what caused this was a spiking of interest rates to 10% in that overnight market when they're usually about 2% that they use as an interest rate to loan to other banks. So this spike in interest rates was very concerning and ever since that happened, the Fed has been offering money to member banks. So member banks have been coming to its private window. They don't disclose who they are. And they tell the Fed, yes, I need cash. And the Fed doles out billions of dollars to these different banks and doesn't tell us what's going on, doesn't tell us why. It's all very mysterious. So the article goes on to say, and liquidity injections are massive and accelerating. On Tuesday, the Fed injected $99.9 billion in temporary liquidity into the financial system and $7.5 billion in permanent reserves as part of a program to buy $60 billion a month in treasury bills. The $99.9 billion comes from $64.9 billion in overnight repurchase agreements and $35 billion in repo operations. But market demand for overnight repo operations has far exceeded even the $75 billion the Fed has allocated, suggesting a lot more liquidity demand. Hence, on Wednesday, the Fed suddenly announced a $45 billion increase on top of the $75 billion repo facility for a daily total of $120 billion. That was in one day. Here's the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, the branch involved in such actions. And here's a quote. Consistent with the most recent Federal Open Market Committee, FOMC, directive to ensure that the supply of reserves remains ample, even during periods of sharp increases in non-reserve liabilities, and to mitigate the risk of money market pressures that could adversely affect policy implementation, the amount offered in overnight repo operations will increase to at least 120 billion dollars starting Thursday, October 24th, 2019, end quote. And consequently, on October 24th, the Fed injected $134 billion in temporary liquidity. These actions are surprising. What stable financial system requires over $100 billion in overnight liquidity injections? The Fed did not see the need for these actions coming. It is reacting to a market that suddenly requires it. Funding issues, Chairman Powell called it in October, the Fed was totally caught off guard when the overnight financing rate suddenly jumped to over 5% and it's been reacting ever since. What started as a slow walk in policy reversion from last year's rate hike cycle and balance sheet roll-off, also known as quantitative tightening or QT, on autopilot has now turned into ongoing interest rate cuts and balance sheet expansion. And we have another chart here showing the federal funds rate and total assets. The article goes on to say, to be clear, this is not a temporary rise in the balance sheet. This is the beginning of something big. The Fed's balance sheet looks like it will expand to record highs once again. I keep questioning the efficacy of all this, and I have to question the honesty of the Fed. After all, the central bank keeps chasing events, 
and its policy actions are turning ever more aggressive while it insists that everything is fine. The bank's actions are saying things are not fine. Far from it. Otherwise, the Fed wouldn't be forced into all these policy actions. But would the Fed cop to things not being fine? To do so would be to sap confidence, and we can't have that. What would markets look like without these policy interventions? One can only wonder. For one, we know the overnight financing rate would be much higher. That is, after all, why the Fed is forced to intervene, to keep the target rate low. Many analysts now suggest there will be a year-end stock market rally, primarily driven by the Fed as earnings growth remains weak. If they print, you must buy. It may well be that our financial markets have permanently devolved into a Fed-subsidized, wealth inequality-generating machine benefiting the few that own stocks. But one has to wonder why the rate-cutting and liquidity injections haven't been able to produce sustained market highs. Consider the evolution of the Fed's put in 2019. And we have another chart here. A put would simply mean every time the market goes down, the Fed is doing something, providing liquidity or easing to drive the stock market back up. It goes on to say, first came the hints in January. Quote, flexible on the balance sheet. Powell suddenly was uttering following the fourth quarter 2018 stock market massacre, producing a 3.5% rally in one day on that pronouncement. Then we got treated to a multi-month jawboning of Fed speakers increasingly sending dovish messages and markets gladly jumping from Fed speech to Fed speech. Powell again rescued the market in early June after May's market rout. Ready to act was the rallying cry then, and the market rallied dutifully into the July rate cut. But then the dynamics changed. Rate cut number one in July was sold. Rate cut number two in September was sold. Then came the repo operations, also in September. And now, in October, the Fed launched the $60 billion a month Treasury bill buying program. Did you note the accelerated pace of Fed actions here? The Fed went from pausing rate increases to ending the balance sheet roll-off to multiple rate cuts and finally aggressive daily repos and balance sheet expansion. All of this since July. And guess what? Another rate cut is coming next week. Why? Because markets want it. And what markets want, markets shall receive. That's the only data point that matters, it appears. And markets really want that third rate cut next week. And we have another chart here. There's a 94.6% probability of a rate cut. Think that a Fed that is intervening in markets daily by the tens of billions of dollars will chance to disappoint markets by not cutting rates? Please. Investors have been chasing the Fed into corporate multiple expansion all year. But now that the Fed is forced to intervene ever more aggressively, it has to prove something. Efficacy. Are we seeing an improvement in growth? No. Are we seeing an improvement in earnings? Nope. From the looks of it, the Fed is barely keeping it together and is forced to do ever more to prevent markets from falling as the principal bull rationale for buying stocks is the Fed. And so one has to ponder a larger question. And then Sven put one of his tweets here, which says, I'll go out on a limb here, but a financial system that requires over $100 billion of liquidity injections every day, temporary, permanent, or otherwise, has major issues. And that's from October 23rd. He goes on to say, but to be fair, 
So far, the Fed has succeeded in compressing volatility as price discovery has degraded to overnight action over any intraday price discovery. Markets are back to tight intra-ranges, void of any actions and elevating indices near record highs. Whether the Fed can prompt a move to sustained new highs remains to be seen. All eyes will be on the Fed next week to see whether policymakers can achieve it. If they can, investors will look for another run at the upper trend line on the S&P 500 chart. He's got another couple of charts here. And it says, if they can't, things may turn out quite differently, such as this speculative scenario. And he's got a chart where the market was hitting new highs and then peaked and was projected to go lower. And he says, you don't think the Fed is all about markets? Where have you been? After all, the Fed's stated policy objective now is to extend the business cycle by any means necessary. And policymakers can't do that with falling stock prices. And so they are in accelerated daily intervention mode, because that is what it takes. The question that investors have to ask themselves is, what if it's not enough? And what is it policymakers aren't telling us? Why are they forced into these historic, unexpected measures? What happens if they lose control? We may know more next week. End of article. So you see, there's a lot of confusion about why the Fed is doing this, why these big numbers are necessary for them to be giving these banks overnight, and why the numbers keep growing. So we don't have clarity on this. There's a lot of questions. And I thought Sven put it very well in terms of the concerns and what he pointed out and that maybe the Fed is after driving the stock market up. It's hard to say that wouldn't normally be something that the Fed would be concerned about. That wouldn't be normal Fed policy at all. So I think the point he's making is that the Fed looks like it's trying to help markets and it looks like a high correlation to that, but it doesn't really make any sense. So we will wait and see what the Fed tells us next week. We will anticipate the likelihood of another quarter percent rate cut since the market has already priced it in at a 95% chance. And we'll see if the Fed is able to tell us any more from their meeting and their notes and see if we can get any clarification on this very unusual activity by the Federal Reserve. If you haven't yet subscribed to Be Wealthy and Smart, hit that subscribe button and you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available so you never miss one of them. I will leave a link to this article in the show notes so you can reference all of the charts that Savannah was talking about and review any other things that I've covered in this article. I know that there was a lot of information. And don't forget, we still have our review contest going. Just a few days left. I'm giving away five Wealth Heiress books signed by me and five Wealth Mentoring Sessions with me. All you need to do is leave a review on iTunes if you have an Apple or on Stitcher if you have an Android and your name will go in the drawing one time. And if you've read the Wealth Heiress book and you leave a review on Amazon, your name will go in the drawing two times. Winners will be announced on November 1st. So make sure and get those reviews in really quickly. We're running out of time and you've got a really good shot at winning. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart.
Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.